0: Happy Red Friday, Chiefs Kingdom. It is so good to be back. Man, I love Red Friday. Trey, Dan, the Fastest 40, we're here to give you some Let's Chief presented by E-Coffee. You can check them out at www.eeroastcoffee.com. Or visit them on Instagram at EE Roast Coffee. Subscriptions, uh, one off bags, gifts, whatever you need to do. They're bringing you the very best coffee and making sure that you're getting taken care of. Um, best way to wake up is not with Folgers in your cup, it's with E Coffee in your cup, baby. Trey, how we feeling?
1: Feeling great, bro. You great feeling Friday. like a one seed?
0: What's that? You feeling like a one seed, my guy?
1: I'm always feeling like a one-seed baby.
0: I, up, <laughs> I love that.
1: I wake up feeling like the one-seed.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> Trey wakes up feeling like he's getting a buy. It's too easy. Down by Kobe in the first queue. Leave it to my homie on the turf, dude. We got Andy reading plays like he's Einstein. We keep dominating, so they put us on at prime time. Now it's Super Bowl season. Everybody in the city already going and believes in life. Chiefs, kingdom, bring it home. We're going to do it for the city, for the city. We love it. For every time that you break us down, we going to build the family up. You can't take us down. For every time that you break us we're going
1: to do something. Else. All right, Dan, I'm jumping into the show agenda here. We're going to recap the 2022 season, 2022, 2022 Chiefs Team Awards, the wild card weekend for the <laughs> AFC. Potential divisional round matchups and then our ideal playoff path uh, with our ideal matchups for us to make another trip to the Super Bowl and win another Super Bowl.
0: Yes, sir. Let's get a third ring for those Kansas City Chiefs. Why don't we? Uh, Quick pieces of news before we go into the 2022 season recap. A couple couple things here. Uh, Eric Biennemi. This just came through. It's Thursday night. We're recording. You guys are hearing it Friday afternoon. Uh, Eric Binnemi got his first interview completed for the Indianapolis Colts for Adam Schefter. Um, Jim Irsay is the one who passed that information along. So he is officially a candidate for the Indianapolis Colts. I wonder if he interviewed back when Frank Reich got hired for the Colts. Like, he's getting to a point where he's interviewing for these teams twice. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what the deal is. Uh, is he a bad interview? Do they not trust him to lead the team because of Andy Reed? I think what's more likely than him getting a head coaching job is him leaving Kansas city to get an opportunity to shine as a play caller as an OC or uh, in some respect and, uh, because he, it doesn't feel like he's respected by these, these guys making these decisions and then uh, you know, try it again after that. So You know, we'll see what happens. You you never know. Um, But he did interview for the Indy job.
1: Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, Be interesting to see who else the Colts line up. But uh,
0: I I think I'm ready as a Chiefs fan, ready for EB to move on. I think he's probably ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to be that guy that's – at least for him, he clearly has head coaching aspirations you don't want to be that guy that's stuck in OC purgatory uh, underneath Andy Reed for the next seven plus years. Um, it's just not a place. It's not, it's obviously he's not happy being there. He's, he's not complacent. He wants more for himself. Um, he wants to be able to lead that team, be the face of it and be given that opportunity. So, it's you know,
1: not a common place for this, you know, OCs DCs <clears> to, to sit under Andy Reed's wing. Usually it's a two to one to three year stint, right? You go off
0: be a head coach, and that's what's so weird about it. And it's like, you know, we've seen we've seen guys leave just one year under, like uh like Matt Nagy did, and we've seen guys uh, like Ron Rivera and uh, Doug Peterson and <clears throat> Brad Childress, and the list goes on and on of these different coaches who've been given opportunities. Uh, Spagnolo was a DC for Andy Reid before he became the giants head coach or the Rams head coach. So, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of these guys, man, they've been given opportunities. And I don't know why it's any different for Eric B and me. Maybe it's the interview process. Uh, it's really speculation (laughs) is the only thing you can, you can do. And, um, we'll see if he's given that opportunity. Moving it into the College Football Hall of Fame, shout out to former Kansas City Chiefs Jeremy Macklin of Missouri, Mizzou, uh, Derek Johnson out of Texas, and Eric Berry out of Tennessee all made the College Football Hall of Fame. How awesome is that for one class to contain three Kansas City Chiefs players who were all teammates at one time?
1: Yep, yeah, very cool. Um, all three studs, absolute studs. And uh, had a huge impact not on college, not only on college football, but also the Chiefs.
0: Yep, it was. Uh, you know, these guys are responsible for the resurgence of the Chiefs. Those early years that Eric Reed, or Andy Reid came into town, Eric Bieniemy and Derek Johnson were leading the, those tough, stout defenses that we had with Tomba and Justin Houston and Peters and Sean Smith and Brandon Flowers and all those guys. Uh, that were holding down the defensive side of the ball. And then Jeremy Macklin was like the receiver that broke uh, the touchdown curse, <laughs> right? We had a whole season where a wide receiver didn't catch a touchdown. Then we bring Macklin in and he gets it done. And obviously me being a Mizzou fan, uh, I always loved watching Jeremy Macklin and it was easy to root for him. Uh, so when we brought him home, that was freaking awesome. Uh, Andy Reid did draft him when he was with the Eagles. So, uh, getting to see him in a chief's uniform was a treat. So congratulations to those guys. The fastest 40, um, sends that out to you and, you know, best wishes on, on, on this chapter and how everything's going in life after football. Uh, hopefully one day, uh, a couple of these guys maybe end up in the, uh, the ring of honor. So, yeah,
1: yep. hundred percent. But,
0: uh, <laughs> All right, Dan, 2022
1: season recap here. Chiefs in the season 14-3 and three with the number one overall seed in the AFC. This is Pat Mahomes' third number one seed in his career. That is more than I don't know how many quarterbacks in the league, and he's only been in the league, um, you know, probably a third of, like, Drew, What how many years Drew Brees played. Um, <laughs> but uh hell of an accomplishment already. Seventh consecutive AFC West division title tied for most um uh, actually everybody in our division all each hold 15 division titles so wild four, four-way tie there whoever wins it next year is gonna break the tie and uh and and, and run from it from there so why that's i uh, do it eight times <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah 100 percent. let's let's shoot for 10 now let's hit double digits
0: yeah i love that that would get us uh I think that would put us over the Patriots run. I think they had like nine straight or something. That'd feel pretty, pretty, pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think it was 11.
0: There you go. 19
1: to uh, uh, 09 to. to, uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because
0: 08 was when Brady tore his ACL.
1: Yeah. And uh, Chiefs, six and two this year against playoff teams. Um, Those teams being the Chargers, Seahawks, Bucks, um, Jags, and Niners. So, uh, you know, obviously two of those being the four seeds that uh, didn't finish um, quite up there with everybody else but did make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about it on the Fastest 40 a little bit, but uh, MVP be, being the favorite right now is is Pat Mahomes at minus 1,400 at MGM. And next closest to that is is Joe Burrow at plus 900. I think this one, I think we can both agree, Dan, that uh, this one's wrapped up.
0: That feels like a lock to me. And uh one of my one of my early uh season bets, futures bet, was taking Mahomes as the MVP at plus eight hundred uh, to, to open the season. And nice. um, you know, got a had a free bet. So I said, what the hell? And you know, we'll see when that ticket cashes on February 9th. I'll be I'll be looking forward to it. Oh <laughs> yeah. So a couple potential first team, all pros here, the players, the NFL players association did drop their all pro list this week, Patrick Mahomes, Travis, Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Tommy Townsend all made their all pro team. They don't do a second team. It's just one first team. Uh, so those guys, four chiefs made that first team all pro list voted on by the players in the NFLPA association, but the associated press does the all pro teams for first and second team. I think we've got a lot of candidates here. Mahomes, Kelsey Jones, Humphrey, uh, Joe Tooney, and Tommy Townsend, all first team potential candidates um, with those guys, in addition to Nick Bolton, the Jerry Snead and Trey Smith being second team, all pro candidates in the league this year. Um, Just a ton of talent across the board. Obviously our offensive linemen have been phenomenal on the interior. Uh, Chris Jones had a career year, 15 and a half sacks, tons of passes deflected and QB hits and, uh, and, you know, did all these things from his position. And then we also had seven pro bowlers on the team, Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Humphrey, Orlando Brown, uh, Joe Tooney, and Tommy Townsend made the Pro Bowl this year.
1: Yep. Yeah, on top of that, um, Andy Reid passed Marty Schottenheimer for second most wins in Chiefs history this year. Yep. Um,
0: just seven wild. behind
1: Hank Stram. You know, it feels like uh, – it still feels like Andy just came just a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? It's yeah. He's been here for so long already. Yeah. Um, pretty wild to think about that. Uh, you know, honestly, he's probably going to pass
0: up how many years he spent in Philly as, as their head coach. And
1: yeah.
0: his first year in Kansas city was the 2013 season. So it's yeah. pretty much been our entire adult life, right? Yeah. We graduated that year. So it yeah. kind of like, you know, since we've been out of the house, yeah. <laughs> Andy Reid has been the guy uh, for Kansas city, which, you know, our high school tenure is coming up, and uh, it's crazy to think that that much time has passed since we uh, were fortunate enough to land him when uh, yep. the Eagles let him go. So, you know, pretty wild, pr- pretty wild stuff for sure. Uh, but Mahomes sets the single season yardage record. We talked about that in the fastest 40, 5,600 plus yards passing, rushing, and receiving. And Kelsey extended a record of his own for uh, consecutive thousand yard receives. Receiving seized by a tight end. Um, He extended his own record and then entered the top five for tight end receiving yards, uh, passing Gronk and Shannon Sharp this year. And he currently sits uh, sits in that number four spot. So Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, um, Tony Gonzalez still ahead of him on that list. And then uh, Mahomes secured his first passing title without a thousand yard receiver, which is hard to believe that this is the first time he's led the league in passing yards. um, But through over 5,000 yards and just absolutely shredded defenses in a, in a totally different way than what we've seen in the past. Yep. 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 Completely elevated his game this year. 100%. Um, What a great season. Amazing to be a part of it. Uh, having the opportunity to go to all of these games every year, uh, enjoy the time that we get to enjoy with our friends and family at the game and, uh, the environment that we create being a part of chief's kingdom. Pretty awesome. Awesome to get to watch it from home because usually we're all gathered up for that anyway, too. Um, so, you know, love that this team is so effing good and they bring us together when, uh, you know, we would be together regardless, but it's it makes a little more fun <laughs> when, uh, yeah, no, when I, they're I putting up ones.
1: Us. Couldn't agree more. That's 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 well said, man.
0: Team awards, man. Let's uh let's hand out some awards. What we think uh if we took the NFL's awards and applied them to the Chiefs team, who's your MVP? I think this is a clear cut, uh <laughs> straightforward answer here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might as well skip one this.
0: This one, this one's obviously Pat, um, team MVP. Um, there's not much else to be said. Absolutely, offensive player of the year. I'm giving it to Travis Kelsey. He uh, set career highs for uh, receiving touchdowns, including a touchdown a game where he had four touchdowns. Um, extended his record, thirteen hundred yards. Led the team in receiving these great things, but I want to give an honorable mention to Jarek McKinnon, who just was the X factor for us in all these different games, putting up insane numbers from the receiving side with nine. He was second on our team in receiving touchdowns. He out outscored Juju Smith Schuster MBS, And I mean, uh, Justin Watson combined, you know, for receiving touchdowns. So um, not the way I expected it to go, but man, he definitely deserves some credit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On the defensive side of things, looking at DPOY, you got to give it to Chris Jones, who has, um, got to be top five in voting for the league. Mm. Um, and then looking at defensive rookie of the year, um, George Karloftis has got to be our guy here leading the league or, uh, in, in a close second or third and, uh, batted balls at the line. And uh, he's as we talked about in fastest forty, ceiling's high for him. I'm looking forward to what he's going to bring for uh, the rest of um, the rest of his career. But um, and and far too often we forget about this guy named Nick Bolton, right? (laughs) Uh, Which is crazy to think about. You know, Chris Jones is great. He is, um, but Nick Bolton's got to be in that conversation for DPOI um, for our team um leads us in tackles by far by a far number far number. oh yeah
0: he's top um, five in the league
1: yeah and uh as as a leader from a leader standpoint i think he he holds that single-handedly on that defense now um being that that uh, that having that leadership role so um can't forget about there but um moving back to offense offensive rookie of the year how do you not give it to anybody other than isaiah pacheco um, mm. dude's an absolute stud runs downhill sprints faster back to the back to the huddle than he does on the play and <laughs> uh, um, similar to Jarek McKinnon been an x-factor he just wants to be plugged in and he he makes plays in whatever scenario that he's in and uh, it's been good to see that out of the backfield out of these two guys because the production from CEH is just so God awful that uh, there was (laughs) (laughs) there was such a gap there and such an opening and such an opportunity that these guys made the most out of it. I mean, they both really did. So, um, yeah, offensive rookie of the year, Isaiah Pacheco.
0: And what's so impressive about Pacheco is, you know, he had eight hundred and thirty yards rushing, almost a thousand all purpose yards. And he played about 30 percent of the offensive snaps this year. Yeah. So he's making the most of his opportunities. He's hungry. Um, He's been a phenomenal player for us. And I'm excited to see where he takes his game next year and if he can do it without potentially Jarek McKinnon, without potentially CEH um, and what that looks like. So uh, really excited for number 10. Glad we got another another beast rocking yeah. that jersey number. Yeah, yeah. For most improved, I'm taking it to the guy you were just talking about, Nick Bolton, right? He is the leader of the defense. He's the the vocal guy out there. He's got the green dot, you know what I mean? So the did the defensive play calling is running through him. And uh he was a tackle machine. He did break Derek Johnson's single season tackle record. Uh single season tackle record. That's a mouthful. But uh <laughs> Nick Bolton ended up accomplishing that. And uh, I got to give him the most improved award because he really just kind of like took his defensive game to the next level. He showed a lot of promise last year and and built on that. And uh, he earned it. Such a
1: stud last year. And to be able to, you know, the the fact that we're talking to talking about him as most improved is phenomenal. You know, he's another guy like who knows what we're going to see next year. You know, he could double down and be double the player he was this year, lead the league in tackles, um, double down on fumble, uh, forced fumbles and fumble recoveries and and maybe add another interception or two to that. And and then for sure, he's in the conversation on D.P.O.I.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. The best addition to the team. um, I'm giving it to Juju Smith Schuster. He was him and Patrick Mahomes have developed a really nice rapport a nice chemistry. He had to miss a couple of games and I think that's why he didn't quite hit that thousand yard mark for us this year or get as many touchdowns as he probably should have, but 983 yards, three touchdowns. That's a pretty good season uh, for someone who had to miss three games uh, this year. And, you know, he really stepped in and created um, our offense isn't the same as what it used to be, right? We're throwing more passes over the middle. Uh, We're doing more of those shorter routes. We're not going for as many home run balls. And he made a lot of that possible uh, with the type of play that he brings to the field. So I think him coming to the team added uh, another dynamic element where teams have to sort of pick their poison. And uh that's part of the reason why Jarek McKinnon got open all the times because they're keying on, uh, him and kelsey so you know juju got to be the best addition in my mind sure
1: yeah and uh yeah
0: i, I agree um through week six i wasn't 100
1: sure um but he finished the, the year fairly strong and and i'm looking forward to what the next couple of years got but um jumping into the afc playoff picture now you know chiefs we already talked about us sitting at the the one seed uh, won the afc uh west at 14 and three bills at the two They took the East at thirteen and three, Bengals at the three. They took the North at twelve and four. Jags took the South at nine and eight, and then rounding out the last three, the Chargers, Ravens, and Dolphins. Chargers and Ravens finish at ten and seven, and the Dolphins squeak out
0: and get the seven seed at nine and eight. So they uh, they get to match up with one another. We get to sit it out um obviously the matchup Saturday you've got Chargers and Jaguars Saturday night Sunday you've got the Dolphins and Bills at noon Sunday night you have Ravens and Bengals we really break this down a lot in the fastest 40 this week um so we're just kind of gonna roll through it a little bit quicker than what we would usually Chargers how do they win and I think it's because their their offense pops off and they take advantage of a weak Jaguars secondary. Um, how do the Jaguars win? They force turnovers. They make yep. Justin Herbert uncomfortable. Uh, they've been very opportunistic the last few weeks, and um, that's, that's really where it would come from. I think both these teams are going to score in bunches, um, but I think the offensive firepower for the Chargers is a little bit greater, and the uh, defensive capabilities of generating turnovers is better for the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. That's a very good point on turnovers. Um, also, another game Sunday or the on the next day, Sunday, Dolphins at the Bills. <laughs> um, same thing. Um, Dolphins, how do they win? I think they have to control the clock and run the ball heavy and, and dominate that game on the ground is how they're going to be able to beat the Bills and then control the ball overhead. Don't get beat deep. You know, we've seen the last all of December, it seems like um, <clears throat> Buffalo's went deep on everybody and just been shredding them over the top. And then how do the Bills win? Control the game. I mean, do what you do. Um, attack the, the Dolphins uh, secondary and uh, go up early and then allow your offense to coast that game out and not give the, the
0: Dolphins a chance to win that game. Absolutely bills and man you can't fall for the trap game if you're in buffalo <laughs> you yeah fall for it um and that's really the same theme for sunday night's game with the ravens and Bengals, right how did the ravens win they force pressure on joe burrow Lyle collins is out for the year uh they're gonna they're they're having issues with that center right alex kappa we don't know if he's gonna play or not either uh, the Ravens have phenomenal defensive line. Clayus Campbell, David Ojabo for that rookie from Michigan is getting more uh, brought up to speed and, you know, they, uh, they got a Dafe Owe. They really have a lot of quality pass rushers. So if they're able to make Joe Burrow uncomfortable, we've seen the Bengals drop games to lesser teams because of that scenario. Uh, the, the Cooper rush led Cowboys beat them because of that. The Steelers beat them week one because of the pressure they were forcing on him. And the Browns took them down on Halloween night because of that same scenario. And so did the Jets. Um, so if they're able to to make Joe Burrow's life uncomfortable, there's a good chance that uh, they can come away with a win here. And the Bengals, you know, don't make it to the divisional round, which would be ideal for us Chiefs fans, of course. How do the Bengals win? Take care of business. Do what you've been doing. Stay hot. Their offense has been one of the more dynamic ones in the league. Trey, you said it in the fastest 40, um, but, you know, they're they're a complete team. And I tend to agree with you. Uh, They can play defense. They've got pieces that are coming back on that side of the ball. And uh, their offense has been fantastic. You really, uh, you can't stop all of those receivers. And even if you do, they still have a phenomenal running back in Joe Mixon. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan has been playing really well. And Hayden Hurst has been playing well as like that security blanket. So, you know, they just got to, you know, take care of what they, what they can take care of and not fall for the trap game either. That's how they win. So, you know, Chiefs don't play. This week, all we can do is speculate on what's going to come next. Um, so we'll we'll talk through a few playoff matchups, kind of see what what's realistic, what's ideal, sort through those things. Um, but first, a quick word from CS Designs. Great partner of ours. Corey Sanders always, always, always takes care of us with anything that we need. www.coreysandersdesigns.com. He gets things done quickly and make sure that he takes in everything that you want and puts it together so that you have something that you can feel proud of for your brand. Um, so make sure you check them out. If you're looking for anything, videography, photography, graphic, or web design, he really does take care of you in all of those realms. He really is a full service. Creative company is the best way to describe it. So www.coreysandersdesigns.com. Trey, who could we see in the divisional round at Arrowhead? Geha Field at Arrowhead. Sorry,
1: the potential division matchups. Um, opponents could be Dolphins, Ravens, Chargers, and Jags. Um, scenarios here, we got a few of them here. Um, Dolphins, if they win, um, we automatically get the Dolphins as they're the seven seed. The Ravens, if they win and the Dolphins lose, then we'll see the Ravens. The Chargers, if they win, Dolphins lose, and Ravens lose, which is likely scenario that we're going to see. And then uh, Jaguars, if they win and all of the um, five, six and seven teams um, lose, we'll see the Jags. So um, that being said, you know, Buffalo, Cincinnati, if they both win their games, they're going to play each other and we'll see who who
0: has ever left. Right. And that's why, you know, of those scenarios you kind of laid out, I think the most likely are the last two that you talked about. Chargers winning Dolphins and Ravens losing or Jaguars winning with the Dolphins and Ravens losing that Jaguars and Chargers game is going to be close. I think the Chargers edge them out in that game. Um, But, you know, these are two teams that we've seen already. We saw the Chargers two times. We see them two times every year. All of the Mahomes and Herbert matchups have been decided by one possession or less. And then with the Jaguars, you know, they looked Fine, I guess, but we just absolutely dominated them in Arrowhead. Um, that almost feels like so long ago because of how well the the Jaguars have been playing to end the season. Um, but you know, ideal scenario for us of the realistic ones, I think, is to take on Jacksonville because the Chargers, man, they just play us so tough.
1: Yep. No, I, I agree
0: 100%. I mean, that's like the most likely upset scenario is if we draw the chargers which seems like the most likely scenario because of the type of team that they are you know we have a lot of respect for them they're a quality team so you know that's kind of what it's looking like for those hypotheticals for those uh those potential matchups i mean for me i think trevor lawrence come to arrowhead all the noise you know Maybe not, but then you're looking at Herbert. This is his first playoff run. He is used to the Arrowhead environment by now, um, but when it's playoff time, we get a little more, even even an extra dose of rowdy, if you know what I mean. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, playoff path, what's ideal, right? Uh, ideally, the Dolphins, Ravens, or Jaguars win. If one of those three teams win, that's who we're guaranteed to face. And in that instance, Dolphins winning, that means the Bills are out. Ravens winning, that means the Bengals are out. <clears throat> Jaguars win, we play them, and that's uh, you know, that's a much easier, more palatable game. With no with the Bills or Bengals getting dispatched in the first round, that just makes it so much easier. Oh, yeah. Because you're not dealing with I mean, if you look at any power ranking, it's Chiefs, Bengals, Bills sitting in the top four in whatever order you want to throw them in with the Eagles or the Niners. So, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, I'm sure these other two teams, they would say the same thing. Um, You would not feel bad if they made a wild card exit.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%.
0: So that's kind of what it's looking like for the the ideal path, right? And then from there, you know, we get the the Dolphins at Tyreek Hill Reunion. Um, that's just one win to get to the championship round. For the, the Jaguars or Ravens, it's one win to get to the championship round. And if it's Ravens and Dolphins, then it's very likely that we're playing this game in Arrowhead, which would be yeah. the ideal scenario. Um, you know, if the more likely scenario – that comes by is going to be what we already said, right? Bills, Bengals win. Um, They end up playing each other. Ideally, the Bengals beat the Bills, and we play them so that we can have that home field advantage. The NFL announced that the neutral site for a Bills and Chiefs championship game would be Atlanta. They had to pick an environment that was domed something where the elements were going to affect, uh, you know, the gameplay too much and something that was equally distant from both of the cities, which there was talks about Pittsburgh for a long time. Pittsburgh is a three hour drive from Buffalo. Yeah. There is no way in hell. That would be like saying St. Louis is where we're playing the chiefs yeah. <laughs> neutral site. Give me a break yeah uh indianapolis was doing a college volleyball tournament or something like that so they were booked up and um it really just kind of kind of left the the atlanta falcons as the most realistic option and they finally settled on it so atl is where we would end up going if uh if the bills and chiefs happens which is very possible very possible, very likely. Um, of those teams, right, Bills, Bengals, which ones? Which one of those two would you rather see, you know, taking the stadium aspect of it out of it?
1: Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't want to see Joe Burrow in Cincinnati again. <laughs> and we've already done the deal against Buffalo in January. We know That's how right. to beat Buffalo in January.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, you know, outside of the if you're taking out the neutral site, home site ad, aspect of it, that makes a lot of sense. Bills, we match up with them better. Um, Obviously, with the Bengals and the Bills, it's come down to a one possession thing. Um For either one of those games, anytime we match up with them, it's, you know, a touchdown or less for the Bengals. It's been three points every time. Um, But it's a new year, man and if you if you're looking at those games that we played against the Bengals it's been you know some kind of freak play that ended up impacting that final score where if that didn't happen that one play didn't happen then we end up winning that game right and even with just that one play coming into play it's like there were four other plays that you right. know impacted it as well but there was just the one key play that that turned the tide finally turned the tide so with the bills it's just like a shootout man it's like hard nose these guys putting everything everything every time i've watched those two teams play it's felt like a super bowl yep it's exhausting as a fan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting dude but uh you know i'm really excited to see what happens with this super wild card weekend um, this is our last relaxing week of football <laughs> as Chiefs fans. Yep. Um, so you know, get, get that time in to to really just take in this play playoff football because no matter what after this, no matter what happens, whether the Chiefs win, they lose, um, it's not going to be as carefree as it is right now. So <laughs> um enjoy that as much as you can, Trey. I mean, short episode. We obviously don't have a ton to talk about here for the playoffs um, because we're not matched up with anyone. But uh, you got any parting words for uh, for the listeners out there?
1: No. If you're smoking barbecue this weekend, make sure she's low and slow. Keep the beer cold, and uh, we'll enjoy
0: some playoff football, baby. That's some great advice. I love that. It is. It is. <laughs> well, um, thanks everybody for listening. If you haven't already, tune into the fastest forty. A lot more NFL breakdown in coverage, picks, betting, the whole nine uh, listed out there. And, um, you know, go Chiefs, baby. Let's uh, Let's get to that divisional round. We'll see you next Red Friday. Peace.